with a little bit of passion and putting time into your craft, everything can change. Mm. And I think one year, everything could change. Stay on your grind every Take day for a year. Mm-hmm. Yo, you can have anything you want. Right. Anything. It's just consistency. Mm-hmm. You don't even, you don't got to even work as hard as people think. You got to just put that work in. You got to do something. It can't be no days when you Take sleep all day. You can't let no, you can't let nobody, if you a female, you can't let a dude stress you out. You can't have a female stressing you out. You got to understand that you got to invest that time into your life. Yeah. And right now, it don't really matter. The future is what really matters. You get mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to welcome you all back to another episode of the Keep It Uplifting Podcast, where we show and prove that the change you seek is possible. And back for part two, we have Brandy coming back for this is a bit of a different episode. This is an educational episode, but I think it's only right that you get a introduction to real estate how to build real estate, some real steps, some real history (laughs) from someone who's actually done it and someone who has over a million dollars in real estate, someone who's one of the youngest millionaires that I know, Brandy Pratt. Say what's up to the listeners. What's up? We gonna celebrate you. You like the you like the clap, so we go we gonna get them there early, okay. right? <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to do was we didn't get into it. We we had an introduction story where we talked about um how you made it to where you are now, but we breezed over a lot of the meat and potatoes in that episode. So I wanted to actually hear from you how did you secure your first property so don't um, leave anything out (laughs) so my first property obviously i was a first-time home buyer um and i leveraged a program called vhda um in virginia and you take a little class online and they give you eight thousand dollars for a down payment and i was able to get the seller to pay my closing costs so i came out of pocket a thousand bucks or 1500 bucks just for the earnest money deposit for the house. Uh And I was able to get my first home, which was a condo. Um, and I mean, I lived in that for two, three years before I started on my next property. Okay. So you just saw a condo and was like, I'm gonna get this condo. Like what, was there any research or? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew what my budget was, right? I knew what my debt to income was. I knew what I was approved for. Uh, debt to income, what is what is that? Talk about that a little um, bit. So, you know, your monthly expenses divided by how much money you, you make per month is mm-hmm. what your debt to income is. So when you're when you're buying homes, you know, typically for first-time home buyers, they're looking for you to be at 40 and under for right. debt to income. And I mean, these are bills that, every month you have, right? Not your cell phone bill, not your insurance, but other mortgages, your credit card payments, your car notes that are, you know, these, these things that are in your personal name. Um, so as long as you can keep your DTI under 40% with a new house, you can always buy a new house. And you knew this heading into this, right? Like, yeah. So what type of research did you do before you even 
started looking or did you start looking and then that led to the research? So I'll tell you, like, before I bought my first house, I had attempted to buy a house like two or three times before. So okay. I kind of already knew what type of documents they were going to ask me for. Okay. When I was living in Baltimore, I mean, I was trying to buy a house then. Yeah. And I was just trying to, like, figure it out and um, talking with different lenders from 20, 21, 22 you know, I understood that they would need two years of tax returns. I needed to be making a certain amount of money to be able to afford a mortgage. Um, you know, I couldn't have that many credit inquiries. So I just took time to put myself in position to get there right. to buy the first house. Okay. And after you got your first house, you said you waited two or three years. Yeah. Was there any reason behind that or you just uh wanted yeah. the next deal to be the best deal or what was the case with that i wasn't even investing in real estate i just i was a first-time home buyer i had a home and i wanted to renovate it i wanted to design it um and i think most people that get a home they want to start like that they want to furnish it they want to design it i mean it took me two or three years to finally make the home comfortable wow for me right um and it wasn't until I met my mentor when I started working at my current employer who put me on to like actually investing. Right. Okay. And at that point I was like, Oh, let me go ahead and just like buy another home. And when you say investing is, is that exactly what you mean? Or cause a lot of people say investing, right? You think mm-hmm. of stocks, you think of 401k, you think of uh, there's something else that's like a 401k as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, IRAs, things of that nature. You were just talking about investing in real estate, right? Investing in real estate, because I don't know nothing about stocks. <laughs> I don't put my money in things I don't understand. Mm. So I feel like with stocks, I mean, you're putting your money in other people's hands to do whatever with. Do you even understand how stocks work? Well, <laughs> you just keep buying them. Well, I think that's a conversation for another time. But you can look at a business yeah. now and you can see how a business operates, right? Mm-hmm. So I I think the people who invest in stocks or invest in do long term investing, they take a look at, you know, what's the projections and things of that nature, because, you know, you're a big numbers person. So you said that your mentor talked uh, talk to you about investing and like I'm sure you guys went over some numbers crunching for your second property, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Everything from what is the expected rents to how much the mortgage is going to be. I mean, that's simple math. You can do that on Redfin, figuring out how much your mortgage is. And the the next thing is figuring out how much you can charge on rent. And that that's how you know how much you get in cash flow. Okay. Um, so I think um, for anyone getting started in real estate investing, you have to have a criteria. Like you have to know how much you want to make off of the, the property that you buy. Um, for me, my required rate of return was a thousand, a thousand bucks. Right. I need a thousand dollar profit on every single deal. Um, so that mean, meant I had to find houses that were cheap enough that I could charge enough in rent to still p- cover the mortgage and still give me a thousand dollar profit. And I did that huh. over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're breezing over some of the steps though. Okay. Like what, like what goes into that? That's what I'm saying for okay. you. For me, um, if you can give us some of the secret sauce. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't have a lot of cash. Right. So my down payment is limited to how much I can afford. Um, So I'm not buying a big single family house. I'm not buying a six hundred thousand dollar house. Right. I'm buying houses that are two hundred thousand and less. 
So that way my mortgage can be 1500 or less, right? Um, my strategy personally is condos. I like condos because, well, there's only but so much you can do to mess up a condo. Okay. Right? It's okay. four walls and, right. you know, like just be prepared to to renovate it when when the tenant moves out mm. if they mess it up right but i mean there's only but so much you can do before your neighbors start to figure out like you start to affect your neighbors so for me condos were a low budget way to get started in real estate investing um also with condo condo fees right so i mean i make a thousand in profit i'm writing off the condo fees and like life is good Okay. Uh, and I like what you said, right? Like most people think that they got to get, they got to go with the Burr method immediately, right? Yeah. They got to get a big house and then they got to refinance that house <laughs> and then that house will lead them to the next house and, and so on and so on. And you said you looked at it from an affordable way, right? Yeah. Like I can afford this if I have a tenant, if not, right? Mm-hmm. So you chose condos and I don't think a lot of people even talk about that because that's a very different, that's a very unique strategy. Yeah. Right. But you also are getting them in, like prime locations, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. is there a strategy there for that? I mean, obviously, if you don't have enough money to buy a million dollar property in DC, maybe you should look at a cheaper property in DC. Okay. Right. Right. And right. I mean, if a condo is that, then that's why I say people need to figure out what their criteria is. Mm. If you say you need to make six hundred thousand or six hundred dollars a month off of you know a deal like that's what you need to make it make sense for you, then you need to be looking at houses that will give you that type of cash flow. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't make sense to just go on Redfin and just price numbers on any and every house you see. That's, that's a waste of time. Have a strategy before you jump in. Right. Why did you, why did you choose to have renters instead of flipping? Right. Cause isn't that another form of real estate investing? Oh yeah. I mean, there's so many things you can do in real estate investing. For me, I wanted cash on cash return every month. I wanted monthly profits and I needed long-term tenants. Um, and, and for me, my business model is housing voucher tenants. They stay longer in the home. And if you put enough money into the home to keep it up and you, you actually care about your property and you create an equitable space for the tenant, they'll stay longer and they'll take care of your property as well. Oh. And it's money coming in from the government on the first every single month. So, and, and that's what you mean by voucher tenant. Yeah. So these are Section 8 tenants. Okay. I think a lot of people have a negative connotation around Section 8 tenants and what housing voucher tenants um, you know, could potentially do to your home. Right. I think once you get into real estate investing and you understand that it's a numbers game, like that emotional connection about people fucking up your property it goes away right and you just plan for plan for the worst but hope for the best Mm. what are ways to plan for the worst how do you mitigate those risks yeah um getting a property manager (laughs) grow up and pay people to manage your properties for you so you don't have to deal with that that extra shit um my property manager does routine check-ins 
They do um, check-ins every six months. Um, sometimes I ask them to go more often, just like if I have a tenant that has reached out to me about something in the home, I might want my property manager to go out there and look at it. Right. Um, but yeah, and then obviously screening your tenants up front, right? Some people don't screen tenants, which is wild to me. But I mean, just simple background checks, credit checks, income verification. Um, even if you have housing voucher tenants, that doesn't mean that they, you know, like you don't screen them, right? And if you can place a good tenant, then they're going to take care of your home. And this just sounds like a lot of upfront money, though, right? Nah. No? I mean, a property manager is like 8 to 10% for long-term rentals. Okay. If you're doing Airbnb, I think it's like 20%. Okay. Um, so if I make 2500 a month, my property manager takes 8%. I mean, it's like 180 bucks. But the background investigation and all of that, I mean... That's a normal application fee for 55 bucks. Ah. And that's something that the tenant pays. Mm. You like you just you can leverage platforms that do tenant screening for you, so you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it. Um, there's a lot of things that automate property management. I think for people that don't want to do the hands-on work, because I'm one of them, hiring a property manager and just onboarding your property as as soon as you close on it uh, is probably your best bet. Well, you're making it sound super easy. It's just that simple, right? I want to get a house. I got a couple dollars. And my debt, my DTI, my debt to income ratio is 40% and I should just do it. And now I'm going to be wealthy like you. No, that's not how that happens. That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you look at a deal? How do you understand? How did you arrive at that number? How did you arrive at the, I'm getting a thousand dollars or I'm getting $1,200. Yes. You look at the rent. Yes. You look at what the government will pay, but yeah. where do you get these numbers from? How did, how do you break that deal down? So, I mean, every city has their, their housing voucher or section eight numbers posted somewhere. It might be buried very deep on the internet, but mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen my business partner call Baltimore housing and they'll find it for you. Right. <laughs> like, right, right. And they'll say, okay, well here's, here's the schedule of rents and this is how much, you know, we would pay if you have this many bedrooms or this is how much we would pay for this type of home. I mean, these are things that you can go find on the internet. Right. Right. So digging for that information is something you need to do. Another thing I do is simply just going to Zillow and looking at four rent properties in the same neighborhood under the same criteria. And that gives me an idea of how much I can charge in rent. Um, working with real estate agents. I mean, they would know how much rent is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there are multiple ways to price houses. I personally only like. I price my houses on housing voucher prices. Right. So if I'm looking at a house and the section eight payment is not enough to cover the mortgage, then I'm probably not going to buy that house. Okay. okay. It has to be more than, it has to be more, right? Okay. Maybe section eight won't cover the mortgage. Well, does market rate cover the mortgage? Mm. And that's me renting to a person without a voucher that just wants to rent a house. Um, Does that cover it? No. What's the if the only way to cover the mortgage is to do Airbnb or some short term rental money that you can't necessarily count on? Right. I I personally wouldn't go for that deal unless I was confident in my numbers. Uh. Um. So I think that people should get confident in their numbers. Right. 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 Learn how to do deal evaluations. Um. You can let there are so many different um you know, podcasters out there that give you access to evaluation software Mm -hmm. that you can just, there's you, me, 
right? Right. And <laughs> and um, there's Brandy. There's case, Brandy. In case anybody's <laughs> and for everyone watching, for everyone listening, that is why we're having this conversation. Yeah. So I mean, like getting smart on that is something that you should do. Um, but I mean, there are people out there that just don't want to do that. Right. right. But you know, for the people who don't want to look, and for the people who feel uncomfortable because. A lot of times you don't know who you're talking to on the other end of the phone or when you go to the bank, you know, you see people, they see you and no matter how you're dressed, they don't really give you their best self, although you arrived as your best self. So what is your email (laughs) uh, to get reached at? So you can reach me at contact at blue, like the color, hyphen Pratt, P-R-A-T-T dot com. I just want to make sure that we, you know, we put that in here and we... We say that as many times as possible because we are going over stuff. And yes, we're kind of breezing through it. But I did want to give people more background and validity to your story Mm -hmm. where we talk about that you are making numbers without showing them all that money in your bank account, which uh, after this, I'm going to need a dollar to get back on the train. But look, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you got it. (laughs) But you, you so you're saying uh, reach out to people, reach out to yourself. But what else do I, what else do I need to know before getting into this real estate game? What are, what is some obstacles that you had to overcome before you even, you know, crunch the numbers and after you secured a property? Yeah. Um, so some of the things I needed to do before I even got started, like, Credit repair is absolutely necessary. I mean, for me, I didn't have that problem, but I know that that is a barrier to entry for a lot of people. Um, and like, if people don't know how to fix their credit, <laughs> like that's somewhere you should start. But, but I did hear, and, and I want to, I want you to finish that answer. But I did hear somewhere uh, a guy was on a podcast, of course, and he was like, "Best way you fix your credit is pay that stuff." Okay. Is that the best advice? <laughs> I mean, everything on your credit report isn't necessarily, like, it, it might belong to you, it might not. Mm, right? Okay, okay. And, I mean, you can dispute anything with, with incorrect information off your credit report. doesn't mean you don't owe it. It just means it's not on your credit report. Ah. Right? So, getting smart about, like, consumer protection, like that Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, like, you don't have to be an expert in it. You could actually just pay someone for credit repair services or yourself like myself or you could learn it right because Mm -hmm. all of that information is on these government agency websites Mm. um like doing that will position you to a place where you can get better interest rates you know (laughs) i have a story for you okay right um so sometimes like i remember once I was going up for a property and my realtor was like, oh, Brandy, you need to sign a declaration stating how much money you have in the bank. Right. right. I had to list out how much money I have because the the sellers wanted to know um, what, kind, what kind of money I was bringing to the table. Right. Um, so I did a deal recently or I was trying to. It was a million dollar property. Right. And uh, I probably had like 10,000 in my bank account. <laughs> But <laughs> because my credit was so good, like the lender was like, oh, yeah, you're good. I'll raise the money somehow, some way. Right. 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 <laughs> like that wasn't even something that we worried about mm. because my credit was good. Mm. And I was talking the talk and I knew exactly what I needed to make it to make it work. Right. Um, 
So, like, we talked about this in the first episode, right? Right. Having good credit sets you apart from people who don't have good credit, but it gets you into rooms that you probably wouldn't have been able to get into if you didn't know what you was doing. Wow. So, yeah. (laughs) Have you always been a stickler for credit? Yes. And I'll tell you why. I I did door-to-door sales, and I would sell people security systems, so I would pull their credit. And I knew what a full pop deal would, would make me. Mm-hmm. I knew what someone with average credit would make me. I knew what a credit fail looked like as well. So I knew the different tiers for credit. And I was always looking for people that were 700 plus. And when you start doing sales, you can kind of pick up on context clues. You can kind of pick up on people's body language, the way they talk, like just, just context clues that let you know that this person probably handles their finances very well Mm, as opposed right and such as i mean things like what do you do for work Mm. you know they'll tell you what they do for work you know okay oh yeah we have a beach house down in so-and-so right oh you know i look at the cars in the driveway i can see the type of cars that they drive you know like i said their profession where they went to school you know the same way your insurance company gives you a lower rate because you you have kids right right right. (laughs) like they kind of can tell that you are less risky i got you i got you yeah but some of those people may have been over leveraged right like Mm -hmm. you can have all of that but you lose your job and things fall apart what do you say about people who don't want to take on two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt Four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt yeah. to get a home, and they're like, "I'm a save, and I'm a buy it." Yeah, you know, but their plan is five, seven years or never. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as opposed to just getting their credit together and having some actual money in the bank and yeah. lowering their DTI. What do you say to that? I think people are afraid to take on debt because they don't know how to leverage it. Mm. Businesses go into debt to make money. People take out million dollar loans to build skyscrapers to charge million dollars for each unit that they sell. Right. So if you don't know how to leverage the debt you take out, that's a problem that you need to work on. Right. Like I'm going to take out this money. What is the cost of that capital? And if I'm taking this money out, I'm not living off of it. I'm putting it into another house. Right, right, right. So the house I put this money into needs to cover that mortgage plus the cost of capital that I use to to pull this money and give me a profit. Right. Right. So um, I think that that's something that people haven't necessarily connected. Most people want to use cash to do this. And what, what, what you're going to run up against is that you're not always going to have 25% down. Right. Because that's, that's rough. I mean, I, I'd be struggling with 25. Right. 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 25 is, is a lot. Um, especially on a $200,000 house, that's 50 grand. Right. Like, what are we doing? Right. I'm about to come out of 50 grand to buy something. Right. Even if I have it, do I want to use mine or do I want to use someone else's? Right. So leveraging other people's money is how you grow. Um, and, and if you don't know how to service the debt, then you need to get educated on that. Okay. And do you have a strategy? I know you're acquiring, acquiring more properties, but do you have a strategy for owning them outright or essentially paying the debt off? I mean, 
I, there are two different thought tracks here. I mean, on one hand, I know that if I were to aggressively pay off those properties over the next five to eight years, Mm -hmm. they'll be paid off. I have a million dollars in assets that I can borrow against in my thirties. Um, Another strategy is just like paying the mortgage because it's a it's a long term rental and just collecting the rents every month and just letting the house be. Right. Like you don't really have to do much. I don't need to pay off this debt because like the, the tenant is paying off the debt. No, no, <laughs> I, I understand. I just yeah. I just know that uh sometimes the frame of mind with people is I don't want to owe anybody anything, right? Yeah. So even if they take your advice and they get the property and they got a renter in there still on their, on the back of their mind. They're still like, I want to own this and mm-hmm. get this un, you know, offloaded off of my credit or just, I don't want to be indebted to anyone. Okay. <laughs> like you can either put your money and tie it up into the equity of the house mm-hmm. or you can put your money into another asset that mm-hmm. will then pay off the house. Mm-hmm. Like um, equity in a home Look at it as energy, right? <laughs> like if you got a shit ton of equity sitting in your house, that energy is just sitting there. Right. So either you're going to refinance it, take that money out, put it into another deal, or just let it sit there and do what? Keep you building. can like you can you can get a better cash on cash return right, right. investing that money into another property. Right. And this is just your strategy. This isn't yeah. This isn't for everyone, right? I don't, yeah. And this is my strategy because. It works. <laughs> because I don't have a lot of cash to spend on paying off a property. At this time. At this time. Right. I'd much rather take the money that I make, the money that I have to invest in another property to keep moving forward. Right, right. Right. Because I, if you have four properties bringing in $2,500 a month. That's 10 grand, right? Mm. All you need is four more properties to bring in 20 grand and Mm. four more properties to bring in 30 grand a month. Right. Why, like, why would I spend my money paying off one of my houses? Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. So that, that's my strategy. Mm. And what is the end goal for your portfolio this year? And how are you going to go about that? I uh, I want to get a multifamily. Um, I want to get at least two more single family houses, um, maybe a, a condo and a multifamily by the end of the year. In order for me to get there, though, I have to network with bigger investors to bring in cash. I have to do cash deals. To so PMA. I yeah. just learned that, so I've been saying it a lot. Private money. <laughs> PML, private money lenders, okay? Or just just individual investors that just have a shit ton of cash sitting around, mm. right? Most people don't know people that have a shit ton of cash sitting around, but if you go put a lawyer on retainer, I can assure you your lawyer probably has clients that have money mm. that, you know, if you show your lawyer you're in business doing something, they'll connect you. You just giving out a lot of free strategies here. So I just want to make sure that because uh, we're going through this fast. This yeah. isn't the normal <laughs> pod where I take people through your story. I think you gave a brief introduction into your first property, securing your second property. Obviously, you have more properties now and you're working on a bigger deal at the end of the year. But where can people reach you at again? I just want to make sure that. Yeah. <laughs> 
contact at <laughs> blue like the color hyphen pratt.com. But you, you know, you said something to me earlier today, uh, you know, when we were talking about what we were actually going to discuss yeah. and how we were going to, you know, really um, get this to be palatable for everyone that listens to the podcast. And I know I've heard it before, but when you said it, it just hit me different. You said people don't get another house to get something they want. What did you mean by that? Can you elaborate uh, on yeah. that? Whenever I have a new expense that comes up in my life, instead of like paying for it cash or, you know, like, I don't know. Working extra hours, Working extra or, hours or, like, or saving up money. Yeah. Saving up money. I literally just go and buy another asset that will pay for whatever it is. So, like, that's how I look at Is that. it really that easy, though? Yeah. Once you learn how to buy houses, you understand, like, what you need to qualify for the houses and you know how to talk to lenders. Yeah, it is that easy. You can buy as many houses as you want as long as you have enough money for the down payment. So, But, you know, I think that asset statement comes from a level of financial literacy. Is there anything you recommend people read or or people they talk to or... or, Yeah, I mean... You know, what, um, what resources... Can people rely on without? I don't want to say paying you, but <laughs> without without contacting you first. <laughs> okay, um, so I mean, uh, or where could they get started? So maybe when they when they they know that you know what you're talking about. How about that? Um, I mean, I do consultation calls. Okay. So if you would like to get started and you want a little bit of a direction, you can reach out. Um, Where can they reach you at? Contact at blue-pratt.com. Okay. Right. And uh, we can do a consultation call and just talk about what your goals are. Right. And if you don't know what your goals are, then maybe we start there Mm. and we figure out what it is you're actually trying to do. So I can give you a strategy that might make sense to you based on how much money you have in the bank, what your credit looks like today and what your cash flow, what your needs are. Mm. And that's just even, you know, maybe they just want a single family home or maybe they just want their first property. They don't even want to get into investing. You do that as well. Yeah. I'm actually launching a business that, (laughs) that automates real estate investing. Mm. So, um, I mean, everything from the consultation call to selling you fully stabilized, fully rented properties that are already cash flowing. Mm. Um, I mean, this is something that is in the works, so I won't get too deep into it, but, uh, I, I see this as a, as a need for a lot of the people that reach out to me, a lot of my family, a lot of my friends that are interested in getting started in real estate investing. They don't know where to start. Um, you know, and I could teach you how to do all of this, but mm, we like convenience, right? Right, right. right. We like convenience and, uh, maybe you can just pay me to give you a property that is, you know an investment property and all you need to know is how much money do you need to put down to buy this house there you go and and just for my clarification or or just just for me how how long do you think it taught you it took you to figure all of this information out like everything from buying my first property to now yeah um I mean, I'll speak in terms of deals. It took me like two or three properties to understand exactly what I was doing. Right. 
Um, and I mean, I made some mistakes along the way, but, um, yeah, like two years. Yeah. I just want to, I just want people to understand why they should maybe pay you because Mm -hmm. you, you pay people, right? Like you have mentors, you have lawyers on retainer, you pay people for their expertise. Mm -hmm. You pay people for the time that they've put in to learning their craft, right? To honing their, to honing their craft. You pay for that. Yeah. That, uh, that I guess you could say express time, right? Like I don't want to waste, I don't want to <laughs> talk to a realtor, figure all of that out. I would love to just talk to you, pay whatever I got to pay and then get me a cash flowing property. Mm-hmm. I would love to, not look at these government sites that you said I got to go to page eight, eight, nine to figure out these emails or, or the person to talk to for vouchers or make those phone calls. Like I would love to just enjoy my day. So uh, where can (laughs) my listeners, anybody watching, I'm going to clip this up. (laughs) Yeah. Where can, where can people find you? You can go and uh, email me at contact at blue-pratt.com. <laughs> and, and I know this pod may sound a little salesy, but uh, we've been talking about this for a while. And Brandy has helped me figure out some things in my life that I have to tune up and tighten up so that I can get in the game. And I just want that. I want everybody listening to the pod to grow with me. Right. The more, you know, the more you grow. Yeah. Um, I think another thing to answer your question of why people should work with me or, you know, listen to the things I say. I mean, there are things that like if you go into a bank, they're not going to be able to tell you. Uh Right. Like things that you would never know. Um, And you wouldn't know unless you went through it and somebody told you that. So I think uh, one thing that I do for a lot of my family and friends is I'm very blunt and I'm very much like. Here's how you can do it. Right. 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 And, and you can explain any and everything. Um, as long as somebody can, can help you um, navigate this process, you'll be better off. Right. Right. Um, so I, I've been able to scale faster by having good people in my ear that, that have helped me avoid pitfalls. Mm. And when I do find myself in a situation where the numbers are not working for me and this is not working for me, right? I know it's time to go talk to another lender. Mm. It's time to go talk to an investor friendly real estate agent or an investor friendly, um, lender, right? Wow. Because I'm trying to do something that normal people that buy houses as their primary residence don't do. I'm trying to qualify in a different way, right? I might not have two years of tax returns. Maybe I can only go off of bank statements because that's all I got to show right. for the year, right? So you need people that that understand what you're trying to do and can qualify you based on that. Rocket Mortgage is not that one, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> but like Rocket Mortgage will do enough to get you your first home. Right, right, right. right. And it's just like you said, there's just a level of expertise, shortcuts, things that if you don't know, you just don't know. Nobody's going to offer that information. up. No one is going to offer it. And if you don't know how to ask for it either, Mm. like you'll never figure it out. Like Mm. um, there was a strategy I was trying to deploy. I like I was like, how do I do this? Like, this is what I want to do. I've heard about it. But how is this actually executed? Nobody could tell me. 
because I was asking the wrong question. Right. Right. I was like, I was asking for one thing, but it's actually called something else. Right. Right. Once I figured that out, I was like, okay, well, do you have experience with this? And they're like, oh yeah, like this is how it works. Yeah. Like PML. Yeah. I did not know what that was. But I knew what it was, you know what I'm saying? But if I went somewhere to ask for it or to talk to someone about it, and I, like you said, I didn't say the right thing, they'd be like, nah, we can't do that. Right. So one thing we were talking about in the last podcast was taking time to learn how to speak their language. If you don't want, if you don't know what PML is, if you don't know what PITI is, and you're in a room full of investors and they're asking you, oh, is that the price of PITI? You'd be like, um, <laughs> I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you, right? <laughs> PITI is principal interest taxes and insurance, like your entire mortgage payment, right? All inclusive, right? Um, and you can get rid of some of that, right? If you put uh, 20, 25% down or no? Yeah, I mean, you can pay it separately, okay. but you still gonna have to pay taxes, okay? Um, Not taxes, I'm just saying the. the the mortgage uh, insurance. Right. Yeah, your PMI. Oh, PMI. See? You can get rid of it if you put down See, 20%. I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm getting this for free. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that's why we're we're having this conversation uh, on the podcast, because anybody can listen to this. And we want to, you, <laughs> you want to reach back and help people out. Me, I have given up on all of y'all. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. But but you want you know, this is a way that you're you're reaching back and that's why, you know, I made the trip down here to Miami. Uh Brandy's in Miami it, in case y'all in case you guys can't see it. She's just she's she's really living this life. I, I don't know how to I just, really say this, but I'll be at home. I'll be at home. <laughs> we I'm we're not at home. Uh I will open the blinds, but it would just be sunny in here. But you could, you would see the backdrop of Miami. But um, she's someone who is young, right? I am over thirty and heading into another age bracket, and I am not doing as well as Brandy's doing. Brandy's doing it a lot faster, a lot easier, and she's making it look effortless. And I just feel that um, outside of highlighting the greatness that is her, I want to highlight the fact that she's willing to help people as well. So um, we're going to end the pod here unless you want to break down a deal. Yeah. You do? I mean, I can. I, well, can, I can tell you why one failed. Okay. Um. So debt to income, right? I yeah. mean... When I calculate my debt to income, I take my mortgages um, and like my credit cards. That's it. That's all that I have in my personal name. Right. And I'm offsetting it with the leases that I have for the house. Say that one more time about what you have in your personal name in case someone missed that. (laughs) I have my mortgages in my personal name. Right. Um, And I mean, I can always move it over to the business by refinancing it over. That's not a problem. But um, when I'm calculating my DTI, I have to factor the mortgages. Mm -hmm. I have to factor the credit card payments, whatever those monthly payments are. And I come up with a number, right? Divided by the money that you make. Um, So I was, it was April 25th. I, I filed my taxes on tax day, April 18th. And I wrote off most of the things I did last year. So I ended up at a number that was enough to maybe buy one more house. 
April 25th, I said, oh, shit, there's a multifamily on the market. I want to buy this. And I did not properly plan my taxes to be able to execute a multifamily strategy this year. Wow. So I, my debt to income was like out of whack. I wasn't able to offset any of my mortgages with my leases. So I'll have to circle back to it next year and do it again after I properly plan my taxes with my CPA. And a bad problem. It's a good problem and a bad problem. Yeah. It just means that I have to go to markets where the housing prices are cheaper so I can do 20% down on something that's a lot cheaper. Okay. Or, you know, 200. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <should be> <laughs> I, like I don't think people realize like um twenty percent of two hundred thousand twenty twenty percent period i mean twenty percent like is a lot i mean we're we're not in a place like Ohio where they're probably the last of the Mohicans as right. far as <laughs> as, as like housing prices right grand. yeah, you know like you're not gonna find a sixteen thousand dollar house that you gotta come up with twenty percent of right so twenty percent of two hundred is forty thousand right. Like I can okay. Yeah, like, and you can come up with it, but now once you get to twenty five percent, that's fifty grand. Like that's a I mean, yes, it's ten thousand dollars more, but for me, like that right. that last right, ten thousand right. dollars kicks you in the fucking teeth. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> so for people that are, you know, new to real estate investing. Um, one thing that I've, I've shared with my friends and my, my family members is that you can buy a primary residence every single year if you choose to. Uh-huh. Every single year you are obligated to purchase another home if you'd like to. Um, if you want to house hack your way every single year, you can do that and just do 5% down on conventional loans. Five percent down on two hundred thousand is very attainable. Right. Right. As right. Long- Speaking of jobs, you work, right? I do. How many hours do you, would you say that you <laughs> roughly eighty hours? Right. <laughs> Every two weeks. Right. So you're doing this and maintaining a job. I just want to highlight that because there's yeah. a lot of conversations that go around that say you just jump in. You know, yeah, without without a parachute, essentially, without without a life jacket, right? Yeah. And it, then it's sink or swim. But you can also just coast your way into this, right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, because real estate is passive. If you do real estate in a way where it remains passive, right? You're not doing flips. Right. Maybe you're just owning real estate investment properties. Uh, you're just collecting rent in your sleep. Mm. And if you have a property manager to manage the maintenance of the property and handle the, the you know, direct deposit coming in, like, I don't work hard to have the condos that I have. Right. Um, so that's not, like, it doesn't take time away from my day job. Mm. Mm. Um, and pricing deals can be done at any time of the day. So it doesn't, it doesn't actually affect me at all. I think you gave I think you gave a lot of information. Uh I think you gave a lot of game, a lot for people to chew on, to just think about. I don't know how many of our, you know, of the listeners, our homeowners, our investors. Um, but if you are or if you're looking into it, Brandy's definitely somebody for you to contact. She is a 
specialist uh, in the tech world. We call her a SME, <laughs> a subject matter expert. So um, we use a lot of acronyms on this episode. I'm I'm still I'm still stoked about PML, PML, <laughs> DTI, SME. But uh, Brandy, I, I want to thank you again. I want to thank you for allowing me to come down here. Uh, securing the space for us to even uh, shoot this episode Uh, part two with brandy (laughs) i wonder will we have a part three i'm excited to see where you're going after this i mean you know hopefully it's to uh to your purse to get me uh, a dollar so i can get on the train (laughs) no all jokes aside i am excited to see your growth uh it seems like there's something new and inspiring going on with you every time we sit down so yeah uh i hope you guys enjoyed brandy part two uh where can uh people reach you at contact at blue hyphen pratt.com <laughs> keep it uplifting <laughs> all my life been grinding all my life sacrifice Hustle pay the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to check out the site, keepituplifting.com to stay in touch with all of us here at the podcast. We would love to hear from you, especially myself the main host but we would love to hear from you any topics you would love to talk about and we just dropped the discipline shirts and hoodies on the store uh you can also reach that from keepituplifting.com the link to that will be in the listen notes as well Uh, and just want to say we appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast thank you so much and always and always keep it uplifting Said I die alone, I told that bitch she probably right.